TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Hey, we do welcome you to the Two Guys and a Mike Show, TalkZone.com. Beautiful, beautiful Friday here in the fine city of Chicago. It's the coach flying solo right now. We're expecting to uh, hear from the big dog, Joel Radwanski, via his palatial estates in Aurora in just a couple of minutes. But uh, thank you so much for joining us. Sports talk and more. That's what we do here on the Two Guys and a Mike Show. Producer extraordinaire David Olson on the other side of the glass. It's only a shame. That on this webcast, that uh, the cameras do not swivel around on a 360, even a 280, probably a 195.4 would do it and catch the beautiful, handsome, somewhat chiseled face of a David Olson. That's the shame of a webcast. But he's back there, believe me, folks. Unfortunately for the females out there, our producer extraordinaire, David Olson, apparently, shockingly, happily married with child. So uh, hands off to all those female emailers. We've had a lot of people check, even Cinemax Cindy. One of our favorite emailers, maybe she's getting tired of the big dog, but she inquired not so passively about our producer, David Olson. I told her uh, covered, but check out assistant producer, Randy Myers. Is Randy married, by the way? I haven't got to know Randy. Yeah, Randy's married. He is. Yes. Happily? Yes. That's disappointing. Well, two out of two, what can you do? (laughs) Blackhawks open up tonight. We talk a little Chicago sports on this show, but, of course, via the webcast, we are emanating out the seven different continents and also parts of idaho and northern montana as well which we like to say is the eighth continent but we do tend to have a little bit of a chicago vent on this show uh the blackhawks schedule finally is uh out it is released sunday two o'clock i believe two thirty or two o'clock i think it's two o'clock sunday the blackhawk open up the nhl playoff championship series game one taking on the san jose sharks when you think hockey you think of beautiful san jose where is san jose by the way california right I had a brain cramp last night. I was thinking, wait a minute, San Jose, New Mexico? San Jose, Arizona? And then my uh, wife had to slap me outside the head. And she I even had her confused. But it is San Jose, California. Yeah, it's Northern California, isn't it? I, I, I think it is. I, I can not look sure. into that. Apparently, I'm I do, pretty sure it's in Northern. I do not know the way to San Jose, apparently. But we do know they're a heck of a hockey team, and the Sharks take on the Hawk. That should be a very good series. Hawks got a lot of rest. Uh Plenty, both mental and physical, after a fairly grueling series against Vancouver. San Jose coasted pretty easy. And uh, speaking of hockey, there is a game seven tonight. And uh, again, even though I've only watched a couple of hockey games all season long during the regular season here during the playoff run, I have become the TalkZone.com's hockey expert. Doing an unbelievable job. I'm expecting offers to come in. I think Barry Melrose's job at ESPN probably safe. But, um, you know, I'm pushing. I'm giving him a little pressure. I, you know, his performance has been outstanding in the analysis. I think it's, it's me pushing him from the rear. Every great player, or in this case, great announcer like a Barry Melrose, he needs someone to keep him competitive. And I think I've done that here at thetalkzone.com as my hockey expertise continues to improve each and every game. But I'll be watching game seven, six o'clock tonight. Don't be late. Montreal, or not Montreal, Philadelphia and the Boston Bruins. Can the Flyers take four in a row? It'll be hot. At Boston, 
all the pressure on the Bruins. A little bit similar. There are some similarities, a little bit, to the uh, Cavaliers-Boston Celtics series. You know, are the Cavaliers sort of like the Boston Bruins, and are the Boston Celtics as we do a reverse spin and a double-axle twist on our Boston teams? But, uh, you know, the Philadelphia Flyers a little bit like the Boston Celtics. But I think there's no question the pressure's on the Bruins tonight. They won the first three games of the series. Philadelphia has come back with a win. What people thought at the time was a token win. They win game two, and they win game three back at Philadelphia. Game seven tonight, 6 o'clock. Should be a good one if you're an NHL fan, even if you're not. If you are a sports fan and you like drama and you like uh, competitive matches and possibly uh, intense, exciting, great finishes, it might be there for you tonight. Philadelphia at Boston. If nothing else, set the DVR and take the third period. Even if you're not a hockey fan, if you're a sports fan, you will indeed enjoy that. A rare day. Rare day in baseball yesterday with both our Chicago teams off, the Sox and Cubs. I would say a well-deserved day off. I'm not sure after watching the Cubs and Sox play this year that the accurate comment would be well-deserved. Well-needed. That would probably be true. Well-needed. I don't know about the well-deserved part, but uh, Sox are back in action. They're taking on Kansas City. Pittsburgh will take on the uh, Chicago Cubs. That is at Wrigley. 120 tip-off time. Going to be a beautiful day for baseball. Of course, the last time the Cubs took on the Pirates, not much more than a week ago. And uh, many Chicago Cub fans were talking about, good, we get to play the Pittsburgh Pirates. Good chance to gain a, wow, we should win two out of three. Should win three automatic. And, of course, they lose all three games. So a good chance for redemption against uh, my second favorite team in the National League, the Pittsburgh Pirates. And uh, we'll go over some of the other Major League Baseball action yesterday. Actually, some pretty good finishes, some interesting games, a couple of uh, unlikely sweeps. Brooms were brought out. As expected, we expected brooms in a couple of midweek series, but the logo on the broom had a little bit different name than we thought. A couple of teams uh, surprised some other teams, not just with one victory, but with some sweeps. We'll uh, talk about that in our MLB recap as well. Our phone number here, if you want to check in, 888-463-6748. That's 888-463-6748. More info, uh, David, I don't know if you read today's paper, but the Highland Park High School Girls Basketball Team, you know, the media will pick up on one little thing. And, you know, the Chicago media blew it up now. It's the national. I mean, I'm reading the Tribune today, like three or four different columnists, all talking about this poor, well, not poor, but the simple little, innocent little Highland Park girls basketball team. The, the school's got cameras outside the school now. The parents of the players are getting calls from, you know, Larry King, you know, from CNN, from MSNBC, from Keith Oberman. I think American Idol called one of them, wanted to get up and sing. One of them is going to appear on Modern Family. And one of the uh, girls' basketball players might be the missing link on the final show at Lost. Who knows? <laughs> it's unbelievable, isn't it? It is amazing. You, know, you remember um, what, five years ago, six, when nearby, and we mentioned Highland Park because it's only, what, about half an hour from here, the high school? Uh, Glenbrook North High School, which is even closer to here. You remember they had the powder puff football game? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. As a matter of fact, I was working across the street from Glenbrook North at that time. Okay. Because the uh, Sporting News Radio Studios was were right, right. Yeah, it was right, literally right across the street. Uh-huh. So, I mean, from the back of the parking lot, we could see the, the media caravan. Mm-hmm. You but, talk about high school getting its 15 minutes of fame of the worst. The oh, Highland Park absolutely. thing is nothing compared to what that was. Well, g- give it time. 
Give you it think time. So? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, boy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, now that, you know, uh, Fox News and MSNBC and all these other, other places are getting involved. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because you've got to think back. Five years ago, the uh, whole cable news wasn't where it is right now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's it's really exploded over the last five years. So you've got all these additional outlets, you know, that you know skew politically. So they're all going to get involved. So not only are you going to have, you know, ABC, NBC, CBS, but you're going to mm-hmm. have Fox News. You'll have MSNBC. You'll have CNN. Everything all the way down the line. Yikes. So, I, yeah, I, Yikes. I, I I think when all said and done, it, it's it's going to far surpass the powder puff. Really? Yes. See, yes, I, I do. Oh boy, I would yes, disagree I with you because that powder puff football game, that became a huge story, and it just trashed the school. You felt so bad for the uh, fine folks at Glenbrook North High School because you knew it was just a select, select few. But David Olson, our creator of all things non-sports news here, saying this story could become even bigger. And did you see the assistant principal at the school now said that, uh, well, we've got illegals at our school. I yeah, yeah. So we yeah, were we're, that, we're yeah. afraid for their security if they go to Arizona. Well, that certainly well, justified. Well, I mean, what, what what he said was, yeah, he's like, well, we've got students without documentation. Okay. So the quote in the paper was illegals, but either way, what was it? Do you see the quote in the paper? I uh-huh. yeah, I read the Tribune. And I didn't yeah. catch that particular quote, but uh-huh. yeah, I said they they don't have documentation. Meaning, oh boy, meaning they could be anchor babies. Oh boy, started so. off as a simple idea about a year ago. You know, the team's having some great success after many many years of lack of success. By the way, I was part of that lack of success. I was the head coach of that particular high school for four years. For we'll the call, girls. Yeah, we'll call Larry King. Maybe huh? they'll put you on. Call no, no, Larry no. King. He'll be no, an, no. an expert on the situation. I'm not sure I want to relive those days. No, actually, they were great days, great people there. Just if you look at our win-loss record. Well, you, yeah, you just go on there and say, well, if I was if I was coached, this never would have happened because we never would have been going to a tournament <laughs> in Arizona in the first And then place. I could sneak in a little pub for the two guys <laughs> exactly. in a mic show? yeah, yeah, you wear the T-shirt. Yeah. Well, Larry, uh, back in the day, two guys in a mic, 10 o'clock to 11 every day, five days a week, one hour a day, five in total. What were you saying, Larry? It's not a bad idea. Yeah, see, there you go. I like that. <laughs> uh, but, all right, so you think that story is going to get that big boy, you know, again. Oh, yeah, 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 because it's getting in the news cycle now. It is getting in there. And, yeah, watch how big this is come Monday. The beautiful, the lovely, the talented Sarah Palin, well, two out of three is not bad, uh, was in Chicago a couple days ago, right, at the Rosemont Theater doing some yeah, speech. Yeah, Wednesday night. Yeah. You know, makes $100,000 per speech. It's absolutely nauseating that she does that, but she's got her Sarah Palin lemmings that I think follow her around from city to city. But she, uh that was one of the gist of her speech. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She lobbed the first grenade, so to yes. speak. Yeah. Yeah. To make it a national story out of a yes, local story. Yeah, yeah. Actually, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. She, her, her coming out and commenting on it is what threw it in the news cycle. Mm-hmm. Or else I think it might, it might have stayed local. All right. Well, we'll see how that uh, goes. Any of our fans out there, you want to comment on that? The uh, and, and if you're new to the two guys at the mic, we jump off the sports page on occasion too. If, if you got thoughts on the immigration issue, the law that Arizona is about about to pass, or is it officially passed? Jan? Brewer. No, no, it's passed. It has passed. It's passed. Yeah. Okay. All right. If you got uh, thoughts on that, comments on that, we always, uh, you know, sports guys talk politics. That's one of our features here on the Two Guys in a Mic Show. So feel free to dial it up. 888-463-6748. You can always get us via the email, which is Mike2Guys at AOL.com. That's M-I-C. And the number two, Mike2Guys AOL.com. So we'll talk about that big horse race coming up. And I said, uh, 
uh, yesterday that I would give you the winner later in today's show as my voice starts to break apart here, uh, David. But later in today's show, I will give you the winner of the Preakness, the uh, second leg of the Triple Crown, 5 o'clock tip-off tomorrow afternoon. I think the pre-race action starts like at 10.30 where they analyze each and every one of the horses. They go back and talk to the horses' parents, the sires, and uh, it's fascinating, five and a half hours of pregame leading up to the Preakness. But that uh, should be a pretty good race. We'll see if Super Saver can win that. Any horse racing fans out there you want to talk a little Preakness today, talk a little Super Savior, looking at Lucky or whatever your favorite horse might be, uh, feel free to give us a call. And again, later in the show, as a tremendous sports tease, I will give you the winner. And don't forget, in the Derby, I did give you um, the horse that came in 18th out of 20 horses. So one way of looking at it is my predictions for the most part. Well, I, here's the way I look at it. I guarantee you that I will not give you another 17th or 18th horse. I guarantee it. Right. There are, what, 15 horses running? 12. 12. There you go, then. I didn't have to chime in, David. I had a good thing going. It's all about perception here on the radio. Radio is theater of the mind. You just ruined that particular image. All right, 888-463-6748. Basketball last night. Everybody's talking about LeBron, LeBron, LeBron. I mentioned Wednesday and I mentioned yesterday that I was getting all LeBroned out. Not so much the basketball player because I still enjoy watching him play. We'll break down uh, a little bit or a lot bit, whichever you might want, the Cleveland Cavalier-Boston Celtic game. But uh, I was just tired of the whole LeBron, the name LeBron, and LeBron this and LeBron that. So I said, what I'm going to call him LBJ. I'm going to call him James or just spell out his name, L-E-B-R-O-N. Because something about the whole thing LeBron right now turns me off. But the bottom line is the Boston Celtics, big win last night. Big win, knocked off the Cavaliers, and it was an odd game. And I say odd because um, the Cavaliers put up a pretty good fight, first half in particular. Celtic fans, the home crowd definitely played a big part in that particular game, but um, it is very hard. I'm looking at the stat line here. It's hard for a guy to score 27 points, get 19 rebounds, and 10 assists. I mean, for 80% of the NBA players, that's a once-in-a-lifetime achievement, right? We were going all goo-goo-ga-ga about Rajon Rondo, <coughs> excuse me, I think back in Game 5, when he had a 29-point, 17-rebound. 13 assist game, we were saying how unbelievable that particular performance was. Everybody was talking about LeBron James last night. I'm sorry. Ali B-R-O-N James. 27 points, 19 rebounds, 10 assists, and I think most people that watch the game, and including the uh, fine announcing crew that did the game, will tell you LeBron James had a bad game. Hard to do. That's when you know you're a superstar. 27, 19, and 10, and he had a bad game, and it was odd. It was almost uncomfortable watching, and I, you know, I should have soaked up some enjoyment of it because when you watch Lebron normally, he is a cocky. He plays with an effervescence, not afraid to kiddingly or not so kiddingly show up the other team a little bit. He is a not sleight of hand for his on court and on the bench celebrations. So he can uh, turn you off a little bit. He can rub it in the, the wrong way just a little bit. Not real bad, but, you know, just a little bit. And I've been on the other end of that. So watching LEBRON and the other situation, we should have taken some enjoyment. But because I'm a humanist, if nothing else, David Ellis, I'm a man who takes no pride in seeing the suffering of others. Thank goodness the laugh track is uh, 
disappeared. It was it was uncomfortable watching LeBron. Uh, I'm sorry, Ellie Bron last night. It was uncomfortable because he was so uncomfortable. There was no yelling at his teammates. He was not smiling. There was no directing traffic. He was playing, but wound up tighter than a 10-pound drum. It was not the LeBron who's the normal smile on his face and pumping the fist and pointing at the other team's bench, even when he hits shots. It was almost like in the afterthought. He played nervous. Nine turnovers, and a lot of those turnovers were somewhat unforced. Very uncharacteristic for Ali uh, Biarroa. He would give up the ball early and often to his teammates. And again, I'm talking about a guy who scored 27. He did rebound. Well, I'll give him that. 19 rebounds. Pretty impressive. But he lost his shooting touch, lost his confidence. I think the uh, media attention, I think the pressure, the expectation, it all got to him. you got to remember, this is a 24, was he 24, 25, 26, whatever he might be. But it was really weird watching him play because that was not the LAB RON we've seen play for so many years. Well, I mean, it was it was the end of the road for him in, with Cleveland. Maybe, I, I think that might have been part of it. Yeah. I think that might have been part of it. But you're saying you're sick of L-E blah, 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 blah. Spelling's not my thing. Uh, wait till the end of the NBA season because it's going to be LeBron, LeBron, LeBron. Can't can't be any worse than the talk is here in Chicago right now. Oh well, there's there's talk in New York. Yeah, right. It'll become yeah, second, it's, more it'll widespread. Be, that, yeah, the the watch is mm-hmm. on. Yeah, the watch is on. Yeah. So yeah, it'll, it'll, it'll it'll die down a little bit. You'll have the rumors. Well, he's going to go here, here, and there. But then it's going to be in, until he signs somewhere. That's that's all that's all it's going to be. Well. On the other hand, the way our baseball teams are playing right now, Dave, a little LBJ talk might not be a bad um, way to get our mind off the little round white ball. It is possible. You know, on the other hand, and I talked, I mentioned earlier in the week where I don't really want LBJ coming to the team. He's so phenomenal that if the Bulls do win a championship, it'll be all about LBJ. I said that not only half kiddingly, maybe a quarter kiddingly, and I said it three quarters for real. But when I watched him last night, and again, it's my kinder, gentler side showing through, but I almost um, was more apt to, to accept L-E-B-R-O-N to the Chicago Bulls because he showed a, a less cocky side. An almost innocent, kid-like quality last night. You know, where he was almost, I don't know, the word intimidated is not correct, but he showed a different side of me, much more likable, that made me say, you know what, maybe this guy would be good for the uh, Chicago Bull. And, and another thing, and even, you know, he gave up the ball too much. The commentators were talking about that. If the Cavaliers are going to win, you know, L-E-B-R-O-N's got to drive to the basket. He's got to take it to the hoop. He's got to get fouled for some reason. I don't care if your elbow's hurting or not. He did not take it to the hoop strong. That part I don't understand. But one thing that clearly shows up is he is a uh, a, a willing and able passer, more than able, a very efficient if not always spectacular, passer. And I had talked about that uh, if LBJ does come to the Bulls, you know, if he just handles the ball all the time, dominates the action, it'll be fun watching him win a championship. But is he really a Bull? Does it take away from the guys that we've followed the last three, four years? And I had a little bit less of that thought watching LABRON play last night because he will give up the ball. I think on the proper team he could – you know, defer at times to a Derrick Rose. Let Luol Dang score his points and still be the great player that he is. So I'm almost rescinding a little bit of my anti-LBJ. 
I really, you know, as much as it'd be nice to have him here in town, I really hope he stays with Cleveland. I really don't. I, I don't Hometown think it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Stick with who brought you to the dance, you know? Because yep. you know when it, I'm going to use Shaquille O'Neal for example, because mm-hmm. his career is rapidly coming to a close. <laughs> um, when you think of Shaquille, are you going to think of him as a Laker? I mean, you're sure you pretty much forgot his time with the Magic, but. Mm-hmm. You know, Cavalier, son, I mean, he became a journey, almost a journeyman in his quest to get that ring. You know, Miami Heat, what do you, what, what, I mean, what... That's who I almost still think of more than Miami Heat, but you're right, there's, I don't know, some, yeah. some could argue, you know, who cares, but mm. you're right, you don't imagine him with one particular uniform. Yep, yep, and yeah. I mean, that's rapidly going away, you know. Because even, you know, despite his time with the Wizards, you think uh, the Bulls, you think of Michael Jordan. You think of Magic Johnson, you think of the Lakers, Larry Bird Celtics. I mean, mm-hmm. you look at the players today, I mean, the only one that's seemingly going to stay in that mold is Tim Duncan. You know, but yeah. uh, if LeBron moves on, you know, everybody's going to be moving on, like all the big names. So it is so rare today yeah. in any sport. Exactly. Where exactly. a star stays with a team for an extended, any player. Sad but true. It's one of the things I dislike about professional sports because guys just keep switching teams and you lose your identity, but you're absolutely right. And it would be cool if, uh, you know, hometown guy in, in Cleveland, we all know, and the TV did a nice job with about eight, nine minutes of the game, left when it looked like the Cavaliers were going to lose again. They went through all the depictions of the bad moments in Cleveland sports history, which I fast-forwarded through. It took me three minutes even to fast-forward through that. But, you know, I feel for the fine folks from Cleveland, good people. Good people. I love this year to see the Browns win a Super Bowl. You know, Cavaliers win an NBA championship. They need a championship out in Cleveland. And uh, you're absolutely right. If, if uh, LBJ, if LEBRON could stay in Cleveland, win them a championship, that'd be pretty cool. Not sure it's going to happen. Now, you mentioned the uniforms, by the way. I don't know if this is typical, but the cameras followed James. Trying to think of all different ways to call him, but the one I'm tired of hearing. And he did a nice job, by the way, at the end of the game, went over and congratulated all the Boston Celtics players. I was very happy that he did not just exit stage left. So that was very good. And he, uh, you know, I think he said some nice words. You could tell it was not just the cold, real quick handshake, but, uh, you know, some hugs and some conversation between uh, players, some definite respect, I think, between uh, LBJ and the Boston Celtic players. And he was wishing them good luck and any advice to some of the younger players, et cetera, et cetera. But they're watching him leave the court as he's headed down the hallway to the locker room. He rips off his Cleveland Cavalier jersey. Got the black Lycra tank top underneath. Now, I don't know if that's typical. I haven't seen any talk. Maybe he does that on a regular basis. I was wondering if that was symbolic. He had not gotten to the locker room yet. He was still a good 20, 25 steps away, and he just rips off the jersey. And you could see as the locker room door opened, he took the jersey. Camera showed this, and he just tossed it to the uh, equipment guy or the uniform cleaning guy. So, again, I don't know if that was symbolic, if he did that on purpose, or if that's something he normally does. Any of our listeners, if you uh, are aware of that particular tradition or if you thought maybe, that was an indication of something. Uh, give us a call. 888-463-6748. We're going to take a quick break. Bottom line is the Celtics advance. you got your final four now in the NHL. you got your final four in the NBA. Orlando taking on the Celtics. Good series there. I think the Celtics will give them a better battle than people think. And the Phoenix Suns, my upset special. 
to knock off the L.A. Lakers. But those are your final four. We'll talk some NHL. Got some baseball coming up. Going to give you the winner for the Preakness. And we will jump off the sports page as we always do, too. David Olson, our producer, Coach Flying Solo today. Co-host seat is open for you. Dial it up. You can co-host the show, too. 888-463-6748. If you do a good job, you might be hosting next week because I'm taking next week off. Back in a minute. Your calls on Two Guys and a Mic. Call 888-GO-FOR-IT. Once again, here's the coach, John Cohn. All right, welcome back to the uh, Two Guys and a Mic show, TalkZone.com. Again, thank you so much for joining us. Beautiful Friday. Got some uh, baseball action coming up, a little MLB recap. Talk some Cubs and Sox coming up today. Uh, and we'll recap, of course, uh, some of the NHL, NBA action, too. And previews, we got big Hawks, San Jose came, coming up this weekend, Sunday at 2 o'clock. We can finally uh, see the schedule with a seven-game set. We'll see how the Hawks do. Taking on the uh, San Jose Shark, David Olson, our producer, coach, flying solo right now. Again, the co-host seat is open at 888-463-6748. By the way, speaking of flying solo, I did uh, drop the uh, wife and her Sister and grandpa off at the airport today, a little O'Hare Airport visit right before the show. And uh, they're headed out to Oklahoma City for um, niece's high school graduation. Okay, but I, I uh, did read in the paper, I just came to my attention, O'Hare Airport is now, you know, used to be number one as far as busiest airport for many, many years. Beautiful O'Hare Airport here in Chicago. I know it had dropped to number two, but I saw in the paper yesterday we're now number four. A shocking, shocking development. Number four. Okay. Number one, and I think I remember they passed this up a couple of years ago. Not sure why, but somehow the Atlanta, I think it's the Hartsfield Airport, yeah. is number one. Yeah, it was Atlanta because so many airlines, had, that was their home base. That's that's why it became the hub. Mm-hmm. So when you're doing uh, you know layovers, most of the time you'd lay over in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So that's that, that's why. Okay. Um, most of the ones that specialized in the East Coast, like uh, Spirit Airlines and Southwest, or was it Southwest? Yeah, maybe Southwest. They were all based out of Atlanta, and that that's mm-hmm. why. Yeah, even number two wasn't so bad after being number one for a long, long time. But boy, down to number four, and apparently the arrow pointing down for O'Hare Airport. I think number two was L.A. International. Number three, Dallas Fort Worth. 
So we got to start flying more in Chicago. We got to get O'Hare. That was one of our pride and joys. You know, any companies that if you had a uh, midweek meeting, usually, you know, O'Hare was kind of the center of the country. You'd have your meetings over there. We were number one for a long, long time. Right. And I think why Dallas and Los Angeles jumped up so much yep. is no more, no more direct flights internationally. Okay. For example, you can't, you used to, well, Hawaii's not international, but for example, you used to be able to take a direct flight from Chicago to Hawaii. You can't do that anymore. You either stop in Dallas or you stop in, uh, Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. You know, I guess the same thing if you're going to the uh, going to Asia, if you're going to Japan or if you're going to China or Hong Kong, you stop in either Dallas or you stop in okay. Los Angeles. Right, well, they got to stop over in Chicago. We need some of the fine folks checking out all the uh, beautiful revelry, the great tourist traps. I mean, the tourist attractions <laughs> that we can give you in the city of Chicago. Yeah. Oh, man, number four. That's just unacceptable. I wonder if it's uh, ever since they took down the Rod Blagojevich welcomes you sign. I don't know if it was before or after. Maybe the fact that they had the Rod Blagojevich welcomes you sign up for so many years, that's when we started our decline. Possible. You remember as soon as Blagojevich got arrested, those signs or the uh, the one good thing, by the way, Rob Blagojevich did do is we do a little sports guys talk politics. It was something, by the way, that I had advocated long before Rob Blagojevich ever did, and that is the uh, tollway pass, the free pass on the tollway and not stopping in a long line of cars and dropping a quarter or 50 cents into a change booth. I mean, that was so archaic. So uh, eh, one good thing is governor against 99 bad things, but uh, who knows? Maybe it's connected to that's why O'Hara is down to number four. I always say flying is the second greatest thrill known to man, Dave. Second greatest thrill. You know what number one is? Landing. <laughs> For those who have a slight fear of flying, eh, I have a slight one. You would know what I'm talking about. But landing is definitely, that's your greatest thrill. All right, 888-463-6748. Let's talk a little baseball here again. Cubs uh, hosting Beautiful day at Wrigley Field. I mean, this is a day, this is a day, and I know there's an article in the paper today how they're talking about some developer bought some property that might be changing the look of Wrigleyville. That would be a shame. And I don't even want to comment on that story because I need to find out more about it. Any of our uh, Cub fans out there, you saw the story, you want to talk about that, uh, give us a call again, 888 But this is a day. What, even if you don't have a ticket for the Cub game, this is the day. If you got a Friday afternoon open, you can sneak out of work, maybe take a lunch break and make it last like three hours. This is the day you want to walk around Wrigley Field. Right? Going to the game would almost be secondary. I know that's a terrible thing to say as a baseball fan, but this is the day. Just cruise around, hop in and out of the bars, watch the people. Beautiful weather. This is Wrigleyville at its best. Friday at 120, God forbid the team actually wins a game too. All right, out in the phone lines, we got uh, our regular co-host checking. Is that the big dog? It's the big dog. I, I wasn't, coach? you know, I thought maybe it was a big dog uh, impersonator. How are you, my friend? Good, to, good to hear from you. Did you hear my comments, or would you agree that today, even if you don't have a ticket, it's a beautiful day to go to Wrigley Field? Uh, I, I couldn't agree with you more, coach. I had to get a bunch of stuff done. I was trying to get it done by ten to get, you know, reach the show, but I couldn't. But I got to tell you something. No. This is not a big dog impostor. You know, I can't be copied, but I cannot be defecated. So, <laughs> you can be copied, but you can't be defecated. Is that what you say? Oh, I'm in duplicated. Oh, there is Never a fine mind, line between those two, by the way. 
Be careful oh, what you say. I, you know, I couldn't agree more how beautiful it is. You know, it's funny. Is yesterday we were actually filming uh, Black and Blue City in Wrigleyville on top of a, a rooftop called the Skybox. Okay. You know, in Wrigleyville. This is the and new uh, t- new TV show you're involved with. Yes, and there was fans from Philadelphia. Uh huh. And you know, they were driving from Milwaukee and they're doing tours of ballparks. And they yeah. they just stopped by Wrigley Field, and even though there wasn't a game, they just wanted to just walk around the park and get the yep. atmosphere. And, you know, yesterday was supposed to be horrible, but right. it was actually beautiful in the afternoon. So uh, I'm with you. You know, yeah. obviously, I am a huge baseball fan, but there is just something about that neighborhood, mm-hmm. the ambiance, what's going on. You know, sometimes you don't even have to be at the game, and you can really enjoy yourself. You really can. If you're a people watcher, and I thoroughly enjoy one of my favorite hobbies, just uh, watching people. I was mentioning I was at the airport earlier today in the days when you could actually park your car and go in there, even if you didn't have a flight. You could you know, just watching people at the airport, watching the people in Wrigleyville. It's great people watching place. You stop in, Big Dog, at uh, a couple of your local spots, have a beverage or two. You come on out. You meet and greet the people. It's a great way to spend the afternoon. I did that once with you, and... um you embarrassed yourself pretty well. Yeah, but we had a good time, didn't we? It was a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean that, that was we had just had a blast that day. Yeah, you know, and you know, Cub fans get the get a, a bad rap that they go, "We don't watch the game because the ambiance is so unbelievable at the park." But you know what? <laughs> I used to try to downplay that and just be all gung ho. It's all about the Cubs because I was sick of, of that stereotype. But you know what? I, I don't even worry about it anymore. If people are going to make fun of the Cubs. I mean, excuse me, Cub fans, you can go ahead and make fun of the team because I'm not on the 25-man roster, but they might call me up as a middle reliever soon, Coach. Uh, you know what? I don't really care. It's so good. It's so much fun. Let other people, uh, the way I look at it, it's more jealousy now than it is uh, anything else. Mm-hmm. Because th- that neighborhood is so top-notch and so much fun. Who cares if people, uh, the Cubs have a stereotype, Cub fans have a stereotype mm-hmm. that you know we're there just to have a good time. What else are you supposed to do, go to the game and not enjoy yourself? Yep. Yeah, particularly at a 120 on a sunny Friday. But even at nighttime, it's got a different ambience, but still very, very cool. Now, did you see uh, the article I was alluding to? And, again, I haven't researched it a lot. No, right but, when I got home, I called you, Coach, so I have not been able to listen to the press. Okay, but apparently there's some controversy with a developer who might have bought some property there, and they, and he might, uh, you know, put, like, a hotel in. And bottom line, the gist of it was, you know, kind of change the feel of Wrigleyville and um, I, for one, that that would be a shame because it's such a special place. You know, I, I'm not I, I'm not trying to be funny or cute on this one, but you know what? Be careful. Cub fans will sabotage that, mm-hmm. and and I mean from the part of rallying against it to maybe even doing something like uh, some crazy lunatic religious freak would do. Seriously, I mean mm-hmm. that that's not a good idea. People will boycott that. It'll take that place three or four years if it could survive of being open before it would actually start doing good business. They could the have first some couple of years, people will boycott it. You know, there could be some special rooms if they are going to build a hotel near Wrigley, you know, dedicated to the Cubs. You could have the Uncle Lou Piniela take a snooze room where you can, like, rent it for a half an hour and take a nap. Yeah, when the Mariners are in town, uh, yeah. Ken Griffey Jr. could definitely use that particular room. <laughs> He's denying it. You could have the Cap, the Cap Anson room, like, whites only. You know, I mean, it's not, <laughs> I mean, there's, you can have all different types. But you have the Fergie Jenkins room where you can actually uh-huh. smoke in it. Yeah. You could the have Mark the Mark Grace room where they have to change the sheets every three hours. You could have the Hesop Choi uh, would be in room number one twelve to Ooh, basically e- uh, equaling his batting average during his years in Chicago. <laughs> uh, the, uh, whenever the elevator is going is going down, you can call it the Aramis Ramirez, and then whenever it's going <laughs> up, it could be the the Shawnometer, the Sean yeah. Dustin. You could have on the top floor of the Alfonso Soriano room, and there'd be like absolutely nothing in it. 
But it would oh, be no, but, there was, but that room automatically comes with a bellhop. <laughs> but no furniture, nothing in it. But you're but the big thing is you're on the top floor. And you have a bellhop. Yes. Remember, he, he does the hop. Yeah. Well, not anymore. And by the way, the bellhop would look, uh, if Ryan Terrio, if his career ends with the Chicago Cub, he would make one hell of a good-looking bellhop, wouldn't he not? Well, I, I guarantee you if uh, his, his counterpart, uh, Mike Fontenot, will definitely cut his hair. If he ever gets uh, cut from the Cubs, uh-huh. he will cut his hair and uh, kidnap uh, Ryan Terrio and try to impersonate him and try to get his job back that way. Mm-hmm. Those two look exactly alike. I don't know how they tell each other apart. Giovanni Soto and Koye Hill could be the co-doorsmen. They would both be down like in the catcher's squat position, walking me to the place, uh, opening the revolving door for you, if you will. That makes me feel a little uncomfortable, yeah. Coach. By the way, whoever said nothing is impossible, whoever said nothing is impossible never tried closing or slamming a revolving door. Thank you very much. Uh, at any rate, we'll find out more about that story. Hopefully there's not that much, too much to it. Because yeah, and, 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 and where's it going to be? I heard it was going to be down the street. It's not going to be, like, right next to the park. So mm-hmm. if it's right next to the park and it's a huge building, I, I hope it doesn't go in, to be honest with you. But you know what? Business is business. Things change. People will get used to it. Mm-hmm. You know, people didn't want pristine Wrigley Field to ever be touched, you know, in the mid-'80s. Yes. You know what? That place looks really, really good. They, they have done a good job of keeping the ambiance, mm-hmm. and yet making the park viable. Yeah. And whenever I hear Cubs fans, don't change it at all. Well, don't complain if they don't have enough money to add a player midseason or, or stuff. You know <laughs> what I mean? Don't complain about that stuff if uh, if you're going to be one of those Cubs fans. You know, I've mentioned great people watching out there. One of the best times to uh, people watch is either pregame or postgame down, what is it, about two blocks east of the park right at the L train. Where... No, no, that would be, yeah, yeah, well, I wouldn't say two blocks east. It's, it's not even a football throw away. From right, the a block, half a block, whatever. But, but the crowd, particularly at the end of the game, when everybody just packs in there like sardines. And by the way, if you are a professional groper, even if you're an amateur groper, that pack waiting to go through the little four little turnstiles at the end of a game at the L train, mm-hmm. that might be first team all grope if you, uh, Coach, if that floats your boat. There's, there's Japanese men from Tokyo when they started making the male and female cars in Tokyo yeah. that have left. They just they go on vacation <laughs> in Chicago just for the grocery during Cub game. <laughs> oh goodness, not bad for a pickpocket either. Not that I would know. You gotta, you gotta. Oh, keep... You've never been pickpocketed down there. I have. Well, no, I keep both hands in my. I, I'm very conscious of that. You have been pickpocketed, huh? Well, I, I had to admit, in the mid '90s, when uh, I was living an extremely toxic lifestyle, and I was working for Nike and getting free tickets to whatever Cub game I wanted to, uh, and actually I had a little bit of cash at the time. I got pickpocketed twice, and you know what the funny thing was? It was by the same guy. It had to be. I never, <laughs> never found out who did it because Wait. immediately at the same gas station. The gas tank was filled. When I got the receipt back, you know, from the from the credit card place, uh-huh. the same stuff was purchased, like the same beer, all that other stuff, and the and the, they filled the same gas. Like the gas tank was filled up at the Wait. same uh, gas station. So you're talking about getting pickpocketed two different instances, two different times, and by the same days. guy. It had to be because they went to the, they went to the, That's same, hilarious. They the same thing. They got like uh, beer, cigarettes, but I mean, it was like a hundred and twenty dollars thing. <laughs> I mean, two times, Coach. What are the odds, A, of getting pickpocketed twice at the same at, at a ballpark at the same location, and then amazingly, it appears it was the same person who pickpocketed you? You know, the guy probably saw me the second time. Was like, oh, this is just too easy. Look at this freaking drunk fool <laughs> making a fool. Because I used to, I get belligerent at the Cubs games, have a blast. You know, especially when they're winning. That was 1998, mm-hmm. and that was when they were battling the wild card all year. 
that's when Sammy Sosa decided not to swing at every single pitch, mm-hmm. and he all of a sudden became a, you know, a viable home run hitter. It was also when the steroids really kicked in, too, Coach. So that really helped him that particular year. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I was just giddy. You know, every, uh, you know, I always change the lyrics to, you know, like, get down tonight. I always sing Cubs win today. You know, I just have a blast whenever they're winning. And I, I must, it must have been in one of those particular moments. I re, when I reached for my wallet the second time, I was like, that's son of a... You know, I knew immediately. I was like, I got it again. I got Because the first time, I really felt violated. Uh-huh. The second time, I just felt stupid. Yeah. Fool me was once, it right? first time, shame on you. Two times, yep. shame on me. Yep. You, so. are, you are exactly correct. Well, I'm sorry to hear about it. It makes for a humorous story, but I'm sorry to hear about <laughs> yeah, that. But uh, back on the actual baseball front, Big Dog, we were talking. Sorry. I do want to go through an MLB recap because there was some... Uh, Pretty uh, interesting, if not amazing, games yesterday. we got a big weekend coming up of baseball. But uh, the Cubs taking on Pittsburgh Pirates, looking to uh, get on some kind of a winning streak. Right now their winning streak is at one. That's been about as good as it's been all year. White Sox take on Kansas City. But do you see this weekend either of our two Chicago teams? Maybe. Maybe making a surge upward. Uh, Give us some optimism if you could. Now, assuming, because the way the schedule is doing, I I haven't looked. If the Cubs are playing the Pirates, that means the – Stocks are playing the Royals, right? Yes. See, the, you know. By the way, coach, did you know that about Major League Baseball? You can just tell me who the White Sox are playing, and I'll know right? who the Cubs are playing. I did not know that. Just to let you know, it goes that way all the time. Say, I did. So, not especially know that. if if you tell me the Cubs are playing the White Sox, I know instantly who the Cubs are playing. Why? Uh, why would that be? It's because it's so those. It's, the schedule is made by an old woman in upstate New York, and this uh-huh. is no joke. She lives right outside of Cooperstown, and so what happens is. When the Cubs are playing the the Giants at home, the White Sox will be in Oakland. Okay, when the San Diego Padres are with the Cubs are in San Diego, it just so happens that the Seattle Mariners are playing in Chicago. At an the time. old woman in New York makes out the schedule. What does she have? Like a giant dry erase board? She's got all uh, thirty-two teams up there and tries to figure out the schedule by hand, or is yeah, she actually? The problem is she does the schedule for thirty-two teams, and there's only thirty in there. That's what really messes <laughs> the schedule up by June. Well, it kind of adds a little effervescence to it, if you will. You know, put a no, couple. No, by extra... the way, it isn't one hundred percent because of like concerts or um, like right. stuff like that. So it isn't a guaranteed one hundred percent. But typically, mm-hmm. like if the Cubs are playing the Mets, who do you think the the White Sox are playing? If the Cubs are at the Mets, then the White Sox are probably hosting the beloved Yankee. Yes, exactly. But it isn't 100% true every time, but it's about 90% okay. of the time, Coach. All right. Every well, team a... has an opposite, which makes the schedule a lot easier to do across the board because they don't want the Cubs and White Sox in the city at the same time, nor the Yankees right. or the Mets or nor the the Dodgers or the Angels. You I was not I mean? aware so of that. How... I'm going to have our assistant producer, the uh, overly paid, I mean the highly paid Randy Myers, track down the old lady in New York who makes out the schedule, see if you can get a hold of her. And uh, we'll see if we can get her on on Monday's show. She's she's too busy. She that's there's 2,460 games every single year. Yeah, she's way too busy to have Randy Myers track her down. Okay, nobody's too busy for Randy Myers. Are you kidding me? By the way, we found out disappointingly talking to David Olson. I was trying to kill some time before you came on the show today. Not only is David uh, happily married, but assistant producer Randy Myers married and apparently happy as well. Myself would be in that category. So big dog for the female fans out there. I don't want to put pressure on you, but like uh, LeBron James last night for the Cavaliers, you are standing alone, my friend, is the only possible draw to the female fans out there. Well, I, I do appreciate that, Coach. And uh, just to any females <laughs> out there, just want to let you know, if you can type, uh, if you can like write up contracts, do resumes, <laughs> stuff like that, I'm willing to date you. 
<laughs> or you said before, if they're like 6'3 and athletic, you would uh, at least procreate with them to possibly have the offspring you so richly deserve. Oh, without question. I, I, I met this girl named Issel the other day, and i, I got to be quite Dan Issel's <laughs> niece. And I, I told her straight up. You know, I didn't do it on my friends. I know they get the day to get angry, but I told her straight up, I want to uh, procreate with you. And you know what the sad thing was? She's like, you're not the first guy that said that to me. She's it? actually kind of cute, too. She's yeah. pretty cool. So I wouldn't want to be stuck actually dating her. That would really uh, be bad. It's a, rather, a nice forward, girl, so. rather forward pickup line, but the, don't knock it till you've tried it. It wasn't a pickup line, Coach. I wasn't trying to pick her up. I just wanted to have a baby with this girl. <laughs> Not actually me have it, though. You understand. <laughs> oh, Sadly enough, Big Dog, I've been working enough shows with you that I do understand. And from my personal standpoint, that concerns myself. That makes any sense. Hey, real quick, because I, I want to give out the winner for the Preakness, get to some other stuff, but baseball yesterday, a quick MLB recap in the American League, dog. We had the uh, Tigers knock off the Yankees 6 to nothing. Justin Verlander shuts out the Yankees. They beat uh, New York 3 out of 4. So the Tigers, you know, they started out good. Then they got bounced around by Minnesota a little bit, but they fight back, take 3 out of 4 from the Yankees. I think the Tigers, I would say this year, I don't know if they're going to win it, but they're in it for the long run. Oh, no, yeah, they're definitely in it. And that's, that's the thing about the American League Central is you know the Twins are going to be in it all year long. You know the Royals are going to be out of it all year long. Mm -hmm. And then it's whether or not the, the White Sox or Tigers can make runs at the Twins. And usually one of them does and, and makes it competitive throughout the course of a season. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the Tigers are doing Have you seen their new, their, this Austin Jackson kid, their leadoff hitter, like a coach? You know, everybody's talking about the phenoms, you know, and I was – you know, before the season started, you know, I looked like a genius. Now talking about this, uh, this Hayward kid down in, in, uh, in Atlanta. But this, this Jackson kid from, from, uh, Detroit is by, he, he's like vying for MVP of the American League right now. Forget the rookie of the year. This is freaking unbelievable. What, his like first name 50. is Austin, you said? Yes. Austin Jackson. Oh, coach, he's hitting like 350. He's stealing bases, score runs. He's a ball player. That's he can good, go get him in the field. So that's a good you know, sports name, This is the name year too. of the rookie phenom. Every team seems to have one. Even, I mean, the Cubs, I mean, he's a phenom, hopefully, in the making. Mm -hmm. But it, uh, I, don't, I don't think the White Sox have one. But it seems like every team has a big rookie right now. I like that. Austin Jackson. Good sports name. The guy can't help but make it. All right, we'll keep an eye on him. Quickly moving across the MLB. Baltimore knocks off Seattle yesterday, 6-5. to five. They got five runs in the eighth inning, a rare comeback by the Orioles. And I wanted to bring up this game, Big Dog, because it ended in a fashion we rarely see anymore. It's one of the most exciting ways to see a game finish. Corey Patterson, I think, playing center field. Runner tries to score the tying run. Patterson throws him out at home plate. Awesome. A good old-fashioned throwout from the outfield to end the game. I thoroughly enjoy watching that particular highlight. You know what? Uh, people you know, like to walk off, but there's nothing like the tag off. Yes. Really. Yep. I'm with you. The play at the plate to end the game, Coach, that is that is one yeah. of the more exciting ways to and finish it. And You don't, you don't see it anymore, do you? It, 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 I think that might be the second one this season. Forget about at the end of the game. I mean, and this has been talked about the last couple of years. You don't see outfielders nailing runners at bases nearly as much as we used to. Maybe you could say the runners are a little smarter now, but I tend to think I don't. I don't know how much the outfielders work on those throws. Whatever it is, you rarely see a outfielder just gun down a runner anymore. Well, well you, we will see uh, Alfonso Soriano do it on the Cubs every once in a while. You know, I, I I would have to disagree with you, Coach. Okay. I, I see it a lot. I watch MLB Network religiously, mm -hmm. though. Okay. Because like, there'll be uh, some typhoon that killed 100,000 people in uh, 
in some uh, Polynesian country, <laughs> and you'll be sitting there crying and writing checks, you know, to, to some place that probably 80% of them get cash for some guy in his, uh, you know, mansion in Indonesia. You know, but while that's going on, I'm, I'm watching MLB Network, and they're breaking down, you know, whether or not this guy's lead is big enough against this particular pitcher. So I, <laughs> it still happens, Coach. Right. It's ni- nice to know you got your priorities straight, Big Doug. Well, I'm, you got to do what makes you happy, right, Coach? Yes, absolutely. Texas knocked off oh, oh. Oakland 2-1, to one. Vladdy Guerrero now playing for the Texas Rangers, gets a base hit in the 12th inning. The Rangers seem to be the team to beat in the American League West, but that's a big win, and Vladimir Guerrero now a Texas Ranger. No, I knew he was not washed up. His legs feel good. He's down in the Texas heat, you know, just like he needs to play in a really hot place. He's, Coach, one of the best hitters I've ever seen, seriously. Yep. The guy's got a 322 lifetime average. He's got over 400 home runs. The guy's going to mm-hmm. end up being a plus 300 hitter and a 500 home run hitter. And that's a Hall of Famer to me, period. Okay, and I really don't think any steroid allegations could be had to him. But I remind you, mm-hmm. what were my predictions in, in late March when we were talking baseball? Do you remember what I said about the Rangers? I can't remember what you said yesterday. Okay, and I'll be more than willing to tell you when I'm wrong. Oh, yeah, no, I remember. You said they'd, they'd be very good first half of the season. The Texas heat kicks in, and Vladdy and the rest of them will uh, shrink up like a – Raising well, no, or a... well, I don't think the I don't think the lineup is gonna is gonna shrink. I mean, they're gonna continue to score the six runs a game come come August. The problem is they're gonna start giving up seven runs a game. Mm-hmm. And you know, Rich Harden actually, you know, I said he would be awesome early, and well, you know, that's going on. But I was wrong about C.J. Wilson. Remember, I was ripping. He was a failed uh, closer who ended up being a failed middle reliever, and now that he's gonna end up being a failed starter, mm-hmm. coach, he has been awesome, completely awesome. So. I just I was right about one thing. Right. I was definitely good. I'm wrong about C.J. Wilson right now. That kid has been great. He's the he's the reason why they're playing so good right All now. Right, moving quickly, final game in the American League. Kansas City knocks off Cleveland six to four. The Royals take on the White Sox of this weekend. But the big story there is they fire their manager, Trey Hillman. Ned, oh, Yost. he was definitely the problem, wasn't he? Yeah. Well, Ned Yost becomes the new manager. But it is amazing when you switch managers, you almost almost always get a. Um, a little surge, a little bump, win a couple of games before the talent level sets back in again. Yeah, that, that's a joke. Trey Hillman, I, I'm not saying he was a good manager or not. I, I, I have watched very little Royals baseball, but I've watched enough to realize they got Jose Guillen, <clears throat> Billy Butler, and that's it. What about so, Freddie? I mean, isn't Freddie really? Patek still with the franchise? Uh, I, I hate to tell you no. No. Uh, Buddy Biancalana isn't there anymore. Amos, Amos Otis no longer in right field? Uh, no, oh, ah. Willie Willie Aikens is no longer the DH. Oh, man. Willie Aikens, I mean, they had some of the, Steve Balboni, some of the greatest names in baseball history were that. <laughs> Frank White grabbing to be a black guy. Yeah. You know, so Dan Quisenberry. <laughs> I mean, what the heck's a Quisenberry, Coach? That's like something that happens to be in prison, I think. May he rest in peace. Oh, he's passed away? Oh, yes. that's right. I yep. totally forgot. Yep. Oh, man, that guy... He was a class actor. Man, he was just a strike machine, Dan Quisenberry. Throwing underhanded every yep. ball exactly where he wanted to go. I don't know go. if he was a submarine pitcher, but he was yeah, a... Yeah, he was. Was, it, was he full submarine? Full submarine. Okay. He was the most dramatic submarine pitcher that I've ever seen, to be honest with you. The most ever. Well, the original submarine pitcher back in my younger days was Ted Abernathy. I don't know if you remember him or not. Uh, yeah, well, I, I do know that. Uh, and I know who you're talking about, but I I, yep. I actually never watched him pitch. And then there was uh, Pittsburgh Pirate Kent Tacoby. I don't know if you call him a submarine pitcher, right? Well, yeah, I was long enough to – he had those porn glasses on from the 70s. <laughs> you say horn you know, or porn? Porn. You okay. know those, those those little tiny glasses, that, the yep. sunglasses? 
Yeah, he looked stupid with that hat, too. Yeah, he looked like a science professor, but he'd get out to the pitcher's mound, looked like he was about 6'6", weighed 142 pounds. But he could, uh, weird delivery, throw strikes, got people out, and for a number of years he was one of the better relievers in baseball. And he pitched every single day. At one point, he had the most appearances in the history of Major League Baseball. Do you think those porn glasses are in the Baseball Hall of Fame? Uh, the ones are from the We Are Family team coach in 79. Heck okay. yeah, they are. They got champagne stains all over them and something else, too, probably. <laughs> Maybe they, they've got, they actually put the glasses over the statue of Willie Stargell, which is a really weird look, by the way. Oh, have you gone to PNC Park? I have not. Okay. I do want to see that pop statue, by the way. They I'm, have a statue? I'm surprised Reinsdorf hasn't put one of those statues in the outfield at Comiskey Park. They got a statue of uh, good old Willie Stargell outside PNC? Uh, if they don't have a Stargell one, which they should, they definitely need mm-hmm. to have a Roberto Clemente one, without a doubt, out okay. in PNC. And I'm, I know they have a Clemente one. All right. They should have a Pops one, too, if they had a chance. All right. Uh, we're going to run out of time here, but uh, Houston knocked off St. Louis yesterday 4-1. to The Cardinals... Uh, Folding up a little bit, big dog. You know, every team's going to have its little slumps, and I think the Cardinals are in theirs right now. But uh, Houston with a sweep. The last-place Astros sweep the first-place St. Louis Cardinals. Who would have thunk it? Yeah, who, I, I wouldn't have thunk it. If you think about how poorly they played all year, how well the Cardinals have played, then the Astros go and sweep the Cardinals. Thank mm-hmm. you very much. Let's, let's try to keep it interesting. There might be a chance that uh, – that, um, the Cubs can actually get back in the divisional race if they start if they keep on getting the the pitching that they have lately. So mm-hmm. I do. Ramos Ramirez hits a yeah. little bit. You know, yeah, so I'm not so give up know, on the season. We're still what one fifth of the way through the season. No, no, it's well beyond that. It's uh, they're on well, not well beyond it. It's uh, one fifth is thirty games. This will be the Cubs' thirty six games. So they're All coming right, up so, on the quarter mark here pretty yeah, soon. So, so we're not even at the quarter mark. Three quarters of the season to be played. So to say that they got no chance would be. Uh, Definitely out of line. Obviously, if the Cubs catch fire, it doesn't look like it. They just don't have that feel to it. But certainly, if they can find a spark, if they can get hot, uh, they're far from, you know, would not be amazing if they could make some kind of comeback, especially if the Cardinals keep getting swept by the Houston Astros. So Yeah, yeah, that will definitely help. That at least helps a little bit. San Diego beat San Francisco one nothing, Rare one nothing game shut out there in the Padres. Sweep the Giants, one of the quiet surprise stories. Baseball this year, big dog, the San Diego Padres. Yeah, you know what, I, I, I like San Diego's pitching at the beginning of the year, but, you know, they've got a really, really good defense in this kid, mm-hmm. Matt Latos. He's one of those phenom guys the last couple of years that hasn't done anything, and yeah. all of a sudden yesterday he was dominant again. I, I, just, I still like the Giants out there. I'm, I'm a little surprised. That I, you know, San Diego's playing like 650 baseball right now. Yep. That's awfully good. You know, even if it is only, you know, under the quarter mark, that's pretty good baseball. Matt Latos, by the way, giving up one Hit yesterday. All right, real quick before the show winds down against the big dog and the coach every Monday through Friday. I don't know who takes our place on the weekends, David, but, uh, you know, if you run short at that 10 to 11 spot on Saturdays or Sundays, if it needs some help, me and the big dog being the true company men that we are, we'll come in. We'll make it seven days a week if we need to, whatever it takes. But big dog, I need your uh, Preakness prediction. I've got the winner, but I want to hear who you're predicting. Super Saver, the Derby Horse, looking at Lucky, one of the favorites. How about Patty O'Prada? That's the one, Coach. Patty O'Prada. Anything with uh, an Irish name, Coach, I'm going to go with it. Written by Kent DeSorme. Oh, heck yeah. That's, he's right. one of the old ones, and he's actually a Chicago guy, isn't he? Like he's, he's usually he's racing at Arlington and all he these does. other I don't know if you'd call him a Chicago guy, but he does uh, meander into Arlington Park on uh-huh. occasion. I don't know if he's. Well, I, I didn't mean he's from Chicago because I pretty yeah. much know all the midgets in Chicago by by name. I meant like he he rides here a lot. 
Oh, good. I'm so excited about the prank. You should know, I'm a horse racing guy. Woke up in the middle of the night last night, Uh-oh. and I had a dream and, and thought for a minute that Calvin Burrell was riding me. Oh, oh, oh. hopefully he went to the whip a lot. <laughs> no, hopefully he didn't. Thank you very much. All right, you ready for my winner? Let's get your winner, Coach. You ready for my winner? Schoolyard Dreams, my friend. Running out of the two spot. Written by Haleakoa. Schoolyard Dreams. Uh, what is he, a 30 to a 15 to 1. So I'm giving you the winner right there. Schoolyard Dreams. I know you had many schoolyard dreams back in the day. When he wins, you can remember some of those schoolyard dreams, Big Dog. Uh, coach, uh, I'll remember to put down the $2 on it tomorrow. Coach. <laughs> Don't go overboard. Uh, hey, Big hey, Dog. By the way, I, I, you're talking about the freakness. You're all excited. The only thing that I care about this particular weekend besides hopefully making some money is uh, is the fact that Chicago Blackhawks dropped the puck in yes. San Jose at 2 p.m. Central time. Yes. My cousin will be. At the game, he's rubbing it in already, but guess what, Coach? I'll be at Team 3, so I guess I can rub it in. Make make a prediction. You were right on in the Vancouver Hawks series. What do you think happens against the Shark? Quickly. Uh, they, they the, the Hawks will win this series in six. Six. In six games. Okay. Everybody's talking about seven. They'll win in six. And, Coach, unlike the previous series, they're going to win game one. Okay. We win game one. It's over in six. Big dog. Yeah. We got to wrap it up. Have a great weekend. Stay out of trouble. I'll be checking the crime report on a regular basis. You won't need to, Coach. I'm right. doing everything right. Talkzone.com. Two guys and a mic. David Olson, our producer. Great job all week long. Have a great weekend, everybody. Monday at 10. We will be back.